Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time or however you listen to this. Thank you all for tuning in to the show once again here at Last Word Productions. I'm your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word, as you all may know. And today, I'm going to just discuss some of the big NFL and NBA news that has transpired these past couple of days. And in all honesty, man, there's, there's no news bigger no news still not bigger than the Deshaun Watson news currently right now. And I just wanted to speak on it a little bit because before we get into that, though, I wanted to speak on some of the aging and retiring players that is in the league now. And officially this morning, Phillip Rivers announced his retirement. It was a couple hours ago, you know, the long time. San Diego Charger quarterback and now the loss at the LA Chargers. He announced his retirement. He spent his last season with the Colts this past season. They were lost in the wild card round to the Pittsburgh. Now I'm sorry, not to the Pittsburgh still, excuse me, to the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, they had a good season. He had a solid year. He wasn't incredible, but he, he had a good stretch of football the last five, six weeks. So it's it's kind of surprising to see him go because he did throw for 4,000 yards this season, 25 TDs. He did have 11 INTs, so it was a 2-1 to one interception, TD to interception ratio, which isn't great, especially not for a season vet. So I just I just think he knew his time was up. He wanted to leave out on a positive note, I guess, you know, he was in the playoffs once again. He had it had it been there in a very long time. So I I can see why he wanted to retire. I think the Colts are going to move on anyway. And to me now they just have to focus on making a trade for a proven quarterback. Cause I don't think I think they have a team with the right QB in position. I think they have a team to compete to win it all now. Good running game. Jonathan Taylor, you know, Marlon Matt was injured for the season. I think he I think they'll let him walk. Naheem Hines is still there. You know, good versatile receiving back. Also can run between the tackles. So I think those guys can complement each other well for at least the next four years if they keep them. And the offensive line, young, healthy. They tackle their left tackle. Costanzo did just retire, but they have good. But they have good depth at the positions on the line. They have good. They have good depth at tackle specifically, and also I feel as if their defense. I feel like the defense isn't exactly, you know, full of youth, but it's not old either. A lot of guys are in their primes, and a lot of guys. They will be resigning. I, a lot of people don't think they should resign Anthony Walker. I think they should resign Anthony Walker. I, he he's he's not the best covering linebacker, but he's not the worst. He's great at filling gaps, playing the run, sideline to sideline type of dude. I think you need that in this NFL. Not every guy is going to be the Devin White or who was another great coverage linebacker. Um. Luke Keekley was a good coverage linebacker. Bobby Wagner, his prime was one. Patrick Willis. You know, everyone can't be these guys at in terms of covering at the linebacker position. Everyone can't beat them. 
even Shaq Thompson to an extent. But I think they should definitely look in and resign Anthony Walker. If they don't resign Anthony Walker, I would be shocked, in all honesty. But Phillip Rivers announced his retirement. It's a believed theory and, you know, pretty much almost written in stone. It's just not publicly said yet that Drew Brees is going to retire. So we're seeing these QBs that we've literally watched for de- almost two decades just leave the game. And it is unfortunate. It's sad because, you know, it's hard to not see who you've been watching your entire life play on Sunday. But, you know, that's, that is how time works. It doesn't wait for no man. But I think the Saints and both Saints and Coast will be perfectly fine as long as they find another complimentary quarterback or even another franchise guy. Because they have the teams to to be built upon and actually continue to grow and get better. Another NFL news. This is this is one that's surprising to me. The Doug Peterson is likely to plan to take a year off from coaching. I don't. I don't see why he's doing that. I mean, maybe it's to collect his thoughts, get his mind you know, refreshing, you know, just to clear the air for himself personally. And I get that. But I feel as if, man, you're two years removed from a Super Bowl. What was it, two years now, almost three, whichever the case. You're two years removed from Super Bowl. You have, you have, you literally have given the league a new way of playing and introduced a new way of playing with this RPO I mean, he wasn't the first guy to do it, but he did it at a high level and executed it well as the first coach to do it in the NFL. And to me, that shouldn't just be something you sweep under the rug. This this guy needs to be coaching somewhere. Regardless if he's an HC or offensive coordinator, he needs to be on someone's roster. And the league will be absolutely insane in terms of, like, the, these open offensive coordinator positions and these, you know, these other units that have specific codes, they would be insane to not have Doug Pearson on the roster the next following coming season. It, to me, it would just be a catastrophic fail for the league and, and off being quite honest, himself. Because I understand you want time off and I understand you want to get your mind right. That's cool. But... You were literally not the problem with the Eagles. The problem with the Eagles has always and forever been ownership and the play of players. Listen, people can feel however they want about Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts, but facts remain facts. Jalen Hurts looked better in the offensive scheme and playing than Carson Wentz did. That's just what it is. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't care how much money invested in him. I, I believe it's 132 million. I don't care what contract he just signed. He was outplayed by a rookie quarterback. That's it. When he got benched, the team looked better. That's it. The offensive line, the same old line that they said was a blocking all season. Jalen Hurts made it work. You know, and and it would be different if it was a veteran coming in doing that because the vet knows more, you know, like the perfect example is the Tua and Fitzpatrick situation. Yeah, some games Fitzpatrick came in and looked better than Tua, 
But Fitzpatrick is a 13, what, 14-year vet. He, there's no coverage and no blitz scheme that you can draw up that he has not already seen at least multiple times in his career. Not one. You can't draw it up. So, of course, he's going to know how to evade pressure better. And, of course, he's going to know how to throw certain routes better and, on, and timing because, he, for one, he's been in the league for a decade, over a decade. And, two, he's been on the team with these same receivers the past two years. Of course, he's going to know their tendencies better. So, but for Jalen Hurts to come in and look better than what Carson Wentz did, a guy who knows this system, a guy who's been in this system, a guy who's been successful in this system, I mean, it's, it's inexcusable. And for the Eagles to even commit to Carson Wentz after what Jalen Hurts did, it's, it's, it's a travesty. If, if I was Jalen Hurts, I'm, I'm demanding a trade. I know I'm a rookie. I know I don't have that much leverage. But listen, it's like what Ernie Moss said the other day about the Sean Washington situation. This is a new league. There is no more just shut up and play. There is no more take your money and be happy with it. This guy, Jalen Hurts, can be a starter somewhere next season. He doesn't need to be sitting behind Carson Wentz collecting dust and wasting his talent for the next two years. It shouldn't happen. And the Eagles are showing how terrible of a franchise they truly are by even putting themselves in this situation. You drafted this guy in the second round, believing that he can become a gadget, Taysom Hill-type player for you, which he can be. But he became more than that the moment you started him and he looked good playing. That's it. Carson Wentz should not be playing. But I digress. And the more NFL news, Patrick Mahomes is expected to return to practice today, which is very good for the news for the Chiefs. And I, I honestly, I expected him to play. I didn't believe he was going to sit out. I don't believe that was even an option for him personally. And is it the smartest thing? No, because he'll be one meter removed from a concussion. And he didn't look good at all when he got up to the ground, got up from the ground. I mean, he was stumbling, about to fall over himself. He looked disoriented. He looked woozy. And it just didn't look good. And if I'm being honest, it won't look good for the league if they let him play a week after suffering such a terrible injury. And... I don't know how much of a choice the league will have because at the end of the day, concussions are hard to call because it's more so on the player than it is something you actually test for and, and, you know, scan for, things like that. This is something he is willing to do. It's unfortunate. You know, these guys are playing for something that they're passionate about, which I get. But your health should always be your number one concern. And to top it all off, I want to get back to the Deshaun Watson, <clears throat> to the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, I should say. If you haven't been hearing reports, tweets from Adam Schefter, I've been coming out saying, listen, many people believe around the league, in the locker room, in the Texans front office, believe he's played his last down with the Texans. That's it. He's done. 
However you want to look at it, he's done. Now, it's just about who can bring him in and offer good compensation. To me, there's only, to me, there's only two teams to me that can do that. It's the New York Jets and it's the Miami Dolphins. The Jets and the Dolphins both have draft pick capital. The Jets have five five first-round draft picks the next three years. The Dolphins have four first-round draft first round draft picks in the next three years. The Dolphins have, just like the Jets, they have top picks within – they have multiple picks within the first 35 picks, I believe, 36 around there. They both have young quarterbacks who they can ship off and help this franchise take another young guy and build off of. I think Tua Tagovailoa may be more attractive than Sam Darnold, strictly because of the fact that he still is being he's still a blank canvas. He can be dyed any color. I think Sam Darnold is a report saying that Robert Sala actually wants to continue with Sam Darnold because if I'm, if you're being honest, I mean the, the dude has talent. I mean it's, it's not that he's terrible. He had terrible coaching, and you you can't recall the last the, the last guy who was truly successful under Adam Gase, like truly successful, was Jay Cutler. I want that to sink in for everyone. The last guy that had true success, as in career-type numbers, was Jay Cutler when he was with Chicago. There are multiple guys who have done better once Adam Gase has left. Devontae Parker, a year removed from Adam Gase, he became a 1K yard receiver for the first time in his career. Coincidental? No, and let me tell you why. Robbie Anderson, was literally looked at nothing but a speedster and a burner with the Jets. He goes to he goes to Carolina and he becomes a one K yard receiver and one of the best deep threats and not only a deep threat, but one of the best chain movers in the league. That's still not enough for you. Let me give you another example. <clears throat> Ryan Tannehill, a guy who I was never high on. But I'll be ignorant to ignore the fact that he's looked a million times better in a stable situation. This Adam Gates is the same guy that traded away Jarvis Landry because he wanted the he wanted his input on providing more route concepts in the in the play scheme. He wants guys to literally only do what he says, and that is not how it works in the NFL. It's not. That's is the biggest reason why Kyle Shanahan hasn't won it all. Even though he can, even though he's got there, he hasn't won it all. Why? Because he has a specific scheme he wants to run. It works. I'm not saying it, you know, it's bad, but at the same time, he needs specific guys to listen to him because he's not taking any advice per se. He may listen to you, but is he truly going to consider it? I don't believe so. And the difference between Adam Gase and the difference between Adam Gase and <clears throat> Kyle Shanahan is this simple fact. Kyle Shanahan has shown he can win with that mentality. He showed he can win with this method. Adam Gase hasn't. He's had one season above five hundred 
as a head, head coach. And he's been coaching for what? I think four years now. And now the Seahawks are talking about bringing him in for an interview for the OC position. Pete Carroll. I don't know if you haven't noticed or seen what's going on with the Jets or what was going on with the Dolphins when he was there. But the guy cannot coach. If Pete Carroll brings in Adam Gates as his OC, it would truly show that Pete Carroll is a horrible coach that was carried by talents, just like Mike McCarthy was. It would truly show Pete Carroll, listen to me when I say this, everyone, is a horrible coach who was carried by talents, exactly like Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. Now that I've said that, if Adam Gates is hired for the Seahawks, that would truly show me that they are literally plotting for Russell Wilson's downfall. I don't know why they're plotting for their own franchise quarterback's downfall, but it would be evident to me at that point. All right, we're going to move on. So, I said I'd like to say this. I don't see Deshaun Watson wanting to be in New York because the culture is not what he wants. You know, it's... He doesn't want to go somewhere that has a losing culture and mentality. And the Jets have that right now. I know they just signed probably the best available HC for the AC position, best guy for the position, but how much can he truly change? He's a defensive guy. You know, he can, he will I will say this, the effort level will be much higher. It will be much higher. I will give them that. He's bringing along Mike LaFleur <clears throat> to be his OC, which I can see because I think in the 49ers offense, I think Sam Donald could be successful. But at the same time, I think the ownership and GM, still, I think it's still bad. I don't think that's changing. I think they've drafted well over the years, but they haven't shown the ability to develop talent. I don't know if Robert Sala could do that. I mean, I'm not saying he can't, but I'm not saying he can't. I don't know if he can. He's a defensive guy. He's not focused on the offensive side of the ball. Mike LaFleur, it could work, but he has to show me it could work. And I don't think Deshaun Watson wants to leave a situation where he knows it's not working for an unknown. Because at the same time, this he, he's like, this franchise is just as bad as... <clears throat> My franchise, if not worse, and not on top of that, I'll be going to the division with the the young studs, the Buffalo Bills, the up-and-coming Miami Dolphins, and the proven been there, done that Patriots, who have cat space out of this world and will get their quarterback. That's all they need. They never needed playmakers to be a successful franchise. So with that being said, I can really see these guys – I can really see him declining to go to the Jets. I don't see him wanting to go there. The Dolphins, to me, is the only realistic thing. And I say that because of this. They have the drag conversation. They have the young quarterback that Nick Casario, their new highly general manager, said he likes. He's he's high on tour, Tagovailoa. And on top of that, the Dolphins have the cat space to take on his hefty contract. And by the way... I think this is something that a lot of people are not realizing. His next year, next year, he's not warranted this $30, $40 million nearly. He's going to be making only $10.5 million 
for Deshaun Watson, that is a bargain kill deal. You cannot beat that at all. So whoever gets him will still be able to add pieces around him the next season. They make those contracts back in heavy, or front heavy the first year, and then light on the back years. You know, boom, you got you got pieces. You got pieces around. And to me, that shouldn't be ignored because a lot of people are mis misinterpreting this situation and saying, well, whoever takes on that contract, oh, man, good luck and all this stuff you ain't going to be able to do. No, it's, that's not true. People have to look at the numbers, actually see that you will be more than able to build around him, give him another receiver if you want, bring in another running back if you want. And not to mention, being the fact that the Dolphins have so much draft capital, they'll still have second-round picks. And we've seen how many playmakers came out the second, third round these days. So it's not a rush to draft the guy top 15 at that skill position. It's not. I'm going to get off into the NBA news. NBA news, as we as you've seen, if you follow me on Instagram, at Last Word Productions, Last Word underscore Productions on Instagram, excuse me. If you don't, be sure to. But if you haven't seen on my page, Kyrie Irving is making his return after missing his past seven games. He'll be playing tonight against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So this will be the first time we will see Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving on the court together. You know, Kyrie has spoke. He said he spoke with his, all his teammates individually. He apologized to him. said that he had a lot of personal things going on, family, regards. And, you know, I wish him the best and I hope all is well. At the end of the day, this is his job. This is his career. He needs to be able to communicate, and he needs to be able to speak. He does that well enough. He's an intelligent man. He he should have done that. He didn't. There's no excuses. He did. People can feel, people can have sympathy for him and all that. I understand that. But none of us can not go to our job for seven days and come back and say, man, we had a lot of personal things going on. No, you're, you're fired. If you would have said that, it would have been different, but you didn't. No, that's it. You're done. Kyrie needs to be better. He, he has to be more professional. End of the story. Now, I'm not saying that his family issues or his personal regards don't matter because they do. We're all human. You know, like I said, I wish the best and I hope all is well. I don't want to say that. I don't care because I genuinely do care. These guys are humans first and then players. We're all people. But you have to be a professional at the end of the day. You have to. Now, with that being said, I want to see how they look together. I do. I don't I don't know if it's going to work. James Harden, a ball-dominant player. Kyrie Irving, a ball-dominant player. And sometimes even KD can be a ball-dominant player. When he, when he gets going... He calls for the ball every possession to get in the post. Every possession, it seems like. So, I don't know if it's going to work, man. I mean, I, I have to see it. They're going to be going up against a, a Cleveland Cavs team that isn't the most talented. If they can win this game rather convincingly and they look good. They don't even have to win it convincingly because every game not going to be a blowout. If they could just look good playing together, I'll be perfectly fine. I think they'll be the favorites to win the East now because I think they're that talented. Already top-heavy, yes, but Giannis still hasn't taken that next step in his game. He only had one – I think he had one shot attempt 
that he made within the last three and a half minutes of the game, this when they played the Nets, and that's that's just not gonna cut it, man. It's not. I think Chris Middleton. They're trying. They're, they're having Chris Middleton be the the closer, which isn't terrible. But I love Chris Middleton, man. I, I love his game. I love how the pass he plays with. You know, he he's gotten better each and every season, especially these past couple of seasons. But man, let's face facts. He's he's not he's not a closer. He's not a star, and he shouldn't. Be in that room. I would rather Drew Holiday be my closer than Chris Middleton, if I'm being honest. If I'm the Bucks, I make that transition. If, if Giannis can't become that, at least we got Drew Holiday. Because at least in big moments, I've seen from Holiday, and I know he's willing and can make and take shots. So I'm, t- I'm betting on that before I bet on Chris Middleton, if I'm being honest with myself. And then other news, NBA news, I want to speak a bit on... I want to speak a bit on Ben Simmons and my thoughts on Ben Simmons because there's a lot of trades, conspiracies going on and saying how he hasn't truly improved his game since he's coming to the league. He's still the same player. And I want to say this. I think there's some truth to that. I think Ben isn't showing the dedication right now to the game to truly get better and to me, it's something bigger than dedication because I'm not saying he doesn't work. He does. I've, I've seen some of his workout videos, his regiments. I see him playing in open gyms. You know, it, it, to me, it's just about having a confidence now, man. He he does not have the confidence in his shooting stroke to shoot the ball. He, he doesn't. And he needs to have that. I don't care how much shots you put up in the open gym. It has to translate to the the game situation because at the end of the day, that's what you put up the shots for, to take them in the game. It's not translating right now, man. And it's horrible because it's, he has all the tools, man, to be a great player. I mean, I'm talking about a six, nine, six, ten guard who can, Run the floor with ease, defend bigs, defend guards, wing players. And he could get, to, he, he has a dribble that's good enough for him to create separation on this shot. He just doesn't have it. And it kills me to watch it because it's like, dude, if you at the very least had a DeMar DeRozan type of jumper, you don't, you don't even need to be a Steph Curry, Clay type. You don't need to be none of that. If you can be DeMar DeRozan, develop a a good to, you know, average to good mid-range shot, if it can at least be in the ballpark of LeBron, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron, Melo, if it can be in that ballpark where you're at the very least willing to take that shot and the other team know you are, that opens your game up that much more. It opens your game up that much more, man. And he, he's just not doing it. To me, it's unfortunate. He's a he's a very good, talented dude, man. He just needs to he just needs to put it together and have more confidence in himself. That's all. If he had the confidence, I think he'll be fine. But his confidence level is lacking sup- supremely right now, and it's to me it's unfortunate. It's sad because I think he's a guy who can be a top. 10 to 5 
eight player if he had that. Okay, so I'm gonna get off into the fan Q and A. Sorry for that little rant. It's just it's just frustrating when you see talent being wasted sometimes, man. But this first question comes from Freddy Jones. He asks, "Who you think going to the Super Bowl?" Well, I think the Packers and the Chiefs are going. But I would not be surprised at all, like at all, if it was reversed in both ways, if the Bills and the Bucks went. All four teams to me can go. They all four teams are talented enough to go and win. Let me add that in. They're both talented. All four can go and win the Super Bowl. They're, I believe all four teams are that good. I truly do. But I, my money's on the Packers and the Chiefs. I like the Packers because I think, simply put, the Saints last week, if if Drew Brees would have been at least decent, they won that game. Just like with the Redskins. If if the Redskins number what? I think it was the fourth ranked defense. If that defense would have at least showed up a little, they win that game. So the Bucks have been having some favorable matchups. But I think that ends this week. I think they're going to Green Bay. They're going to meet up with Aaron Rodgers again. I know they blew him out the water the last time they played, but the Packers remember that game. Jay Alexander is coming. He's one of the best man-to-man covered corners we have in this league. I think Kevin King is also pretty good. I, I think he could work on his technique a little bit better. I think he could trust his eyes a bit better. He, he looks in the backfield too much, but... I think he could. I think he could be very good as well and effective in this game. And I think Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith have to be huge, absolutely huge. I think they have to be big in this game because you get the Brady man, you can ride on him, you can create consistent pressure. It will be a long day for the Bucks because they want to throw the ball downfield. They want to. You get to Brady consistently with Brady. I mean, not with Brady, but with Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, you know, Rashad Evans. You get to with these guys consistently. Hey, man. Did I say Rashad Evans? I mean, Rashad Gary. I'm sorry. You get to him with these guys consistently. It'll be a long day for the Bucks. This next question comes from Demetrius Sims. How do you feel about the James Harden move to the Nets and the trades that the Nets made to acquire him? To me, I feel like the move, I feel like they gave up too much because this is something that people aren't realizing. Kyrie, KD, and James Harden all have opportunities to opt out this next coming season if they want to. And that could be extremely detrimental for the Nets because if at the very least, say say two of those guys leave, right? They're screwed. No draft capital. <laughs> you have no young talent anymore. I mean, maybe you could go out and sign a guy. Maybe the guy who does stay can recruit somebody. But other than that, they're screwed. I mean, if Kyrie leave, I think they'll be fine. KD and James Harden stay, I think they'll be perfectly fine. But if James Harden were to leave or Kevin Durant were to leave, oh man, I, I don't I think that I think that'll be bad. And then imagine if two of them left. Oh no. It could get ugly. It really could. 
And so I think the next trade, I did, I do believe they gave up a bit much. Spencer did what he will be coming back, but I believe he's a free agent next season. I don't think he's going to take cheap deals to stay with the Nets. I really don't. And I think that him coming back could be big for them if he were to stay, but I don't think he stays. And they already got rid of LeVert. They got rid of Jared Allen. These are their young pieces. DeAndre Jordan not getting younger. Mm, man, it's, it's not looking too good for the Nets, boy. If they, if they walk, I don't I don't know what the Nets will do. They'll be in the same situation they were when they when they got KG and Paul Pierce. This next question comes from Vince. Will the Dolphins emerge to the front runners of AFC East next season, or will the Bills stay on top? To me, I believe, until further notice, the Bills will be on top. And I say that because of this. The Bills are a team that's built to win it all right now. They're built to win it all right now. They have a good defense. It's not it's not great as it's been in recent memory, but it's good. All right, it's legit. They got an all-pro corner. They got two really good safeties. Got young, good linebackers. Matt Milano, I love Matt Milano. He's not necessarily spring chicken, but he's still good and young at prime. Tremaine Edmonds, good, young linebacker. And I just feel as if they have a lot to build on in that defense. And on the offensive side, man, Josh Allen's becoming a stud right before our eyes. He went out and got his number one guy, Stephon Diggs, and they got two other really good receivers. <laughs> I think they're being underestimated because of Stephon Diggs. But Cole Beasley and John Brown are legit, man. Cole Beasley may be the best slot receiver in the game right now. And John Brown may be the best number two receiver option in the game right now. Behind, of course, guys like Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown. But I think that could be a legitimate argument. And excuse me one second, you all. Let me get my dog together. Okay, you all, I'm back. I'm sorry for the interruption and <clears throat> delay. But let's finish these questions. This next question comes from Clark Wayne. Will Deshaun Watson sit out the next season if he doesn't get traded? Now, this, this is a good question because, for one, I think this is a true possibility. I think Deshaun Watson will sit out this next upcoming season if he's not trading. I know a lot of people, I've heard, um, I forgot who, Bucky Brooks, there we go. I heard him on one of these shows on, I I believe it was uh, with um, with the two, Emmanuel Aku, Achao, I mean, it was with him and his um, co-host. They, he basically was saying that he wouldn't have a choice but to play. No, that, that's not true at all. I don't know if these guys haven't been alive or been viewing what's been going on these past couple of seasons, but there's been guys who have been not only healthy scratches, but guys who have literally faked injuries, per se, to get out of situations. Have we not seen what Jalen Ramsey just did with the Jaguars not too long ago? He... Out of nowhere, just started suffering back spasms and twisted ankle here and there when he wanted to leave. Come on now. Same thing with Earl Thomas when he wanted out of the Seahawks. 
despite the fact that he did eventually truly get hurt, he didn't play for a while because he wanted his money. Same thing with Ramsey. He wanted out of the Jags. So what he did, okay, since you since you don't want to trade me and I get fined if I don't play, okay, I'm hurt. You know, who are you to tell me I'm not hurt? I messed up my I messed up my thumb the other day, you know, practicing catching or throwing a ball. The ball hit hit my hand the wrong way. Oh, I twisted an ankle while working on my drop back. So stuff like that, you know, it <laughs> and not to mention if he wanted to go to Le'Veon Bell route, he can. Cause he has the conversation already. He's already made over 30 million by being in lead by this this point. He is willing and can miss out on what? I think it'll be $2 million, $3 million. I mean, he's willing to miss out on that. And he's showing he is because he's not even returning the team's calls. People have to realize that this dude is done. The teammates, his teammates are backing him. Former players of the organization is backing them. And I, I cannot stress this enough. I said this last week. The moment Andre Johnson came out and said something and spoke on it, you knew the situation was terrible. You knew it was it was in it could be fixed. You knew it. You knew that it it just had to be rebooted. So yes, I think Deshaun Watson will sit out if he can't be traded. And I and I just think it's a matter of time at this point, because if I'm the Texas man, you just try to get whatever you can for him. His no trade clause will make it a little bit more difficult because he will have to approve to go somewhere. But I mean, you got to take what you can take. This next question comes from Geno Peterson: Who legacy needs this Super Bowl more, Brady or Rodgers? Well, I'm gonna say Rodgers because a lot of people already believe Brady's the undisputed goat. You know. They don't believe anyone else has an argument. I I truly don't believe he's the GOAT. But in terms of my personal opinion, I think it would be Brady. Because it would show that he could win it all and get there without Bill Belichick. And despite the struggles they had throughout the season, it didn't matter. He was great enough to fix them when it mattered most. So to me, it would be Brady. Clark Wayne also has another question. How does the Bucks fare in Lambeau in January? I think the Bucks fare well. You know, I know that it's going to be cold. I know that they're they're going to be going from a sunny state, sunny city to Green Bay, but Green Bay, Wisconsin. But this is a team that's built with veterans. They they don't play in all weather situations. They'll be fine. This next question comes from Mason Moon. How does Green Bay prepare for this game after losing 38-10 to 10 to this team early in the year? Well, they prepare for it by sticking to what they do best. You know, trusting in Aaron Rodgers, running the ball effectively when given the opportunities. It's going to be hard against this team because they are the number one rushing defense. I, I believe they're the number Yeah, they are the number one rushing defense. So Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are going to be utilized more as receiving threats, which is still going to be difficult for them because they have two really, really good coverage linebackers in Levante David and Devin White. 
Both guys can run sideline to sideline. These dudes are legit. So it's going to be a lot of dose of Aaron Rodgers in 17, man. And Devontae Adams is going to have to have another huge day for them to be successful. And I think with Lazard back, I think he will be a good complement to Devontae Adams. I still think they should have went out and got a true number two because I don't – I'm not a, I'm not fully sold on Lazard as being my second best receiver on my team. I could I could see a complimentary guy who could come in and have a good day some days, but second best, I'm, I'm not sold on that. The next question comes from Daniel Yokjison. Is there a chance that the Knicks make the playoffs? Right now, the Knicks have the number one defense in the league. I believe they're the league's best in terms of points given up, opponents percentage, field goal percentage, and three point percentage. But I don't, I don't, I just don't think they have enough talent to make the playoffs. They outside of R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, they they have no other legitimate scores. And that's not saying much, man. When your best two scorers are R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle, that's a problem. I'm not saying these guys aren't good because I've always been how Julius Randle since he was coming out of college. You know, I thought he was legit when he was with the Lakers. Just didn't get an opportunity. I like R.J. Barrett. I don't, I don't think he is. I don't think he's is a number one scoring option on any any stretch of the imagination. But I think he's a good compliment. If they would have had a, let's say they would have had a dominant wing, like a, I don't know, it, it doesn't even have to be a guy like LeBron or KD or Giannis. If they would have had a guy like Paul George, or if they would have had a guy like, um, it was another pretty good all-star guy. If they would have had a guy like Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, you know, if they would have had one of these type of guys. I would have been able to make a case for them because that way they would have had a, a legit score. You know, Jalen Brown is still working into his own, but if he was given the green lights, I think he, his game would just skyrocket. I, I really think it would. If they had a guy like those guys to go along with Barrett and Randall, I think I can make a legitimate case for them being a, a, a threat to make the playoffs. But because they don't have that true number one scorer who I believe is a consistent threat, I don't think they made the playoffs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for the fan Q&A. That'll be it for the show. Thank you all again for tuning in to the show. Be sure to like, subscribe to the channel at Last Word Productions on YouTube. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Last word, underscore productions. And be sure to like the Facebook page. If you want to see more of me and my content, that is also at Last Word Productions. Thank you all for tuning in once again, and I'll see y'all in the next one.